So this scenario is, on the face of it, can be quite difficult and challenging, but actually uh, it's the way that it's phrased and the way that it's structured is actually quite a gift. The point here is for you to, to, to demonstrate that you know how to uh, assess accurately and without, without, any, without missing anything that's important, um, a very common presenting complaint in gastroenterology and hepatology, which is jaundice. So the key things you want to get across to um, the examiners and interviewers is that you have a strategy and a plan in your head about how you do that and a structure. Uh, and here it's a very good thing to, to, after you've mentioned the initial kind of symptoms and how they are, which is obviously the most important part of the first part of the initial assessment, is to show the differentials that you're thinking about. And there you should really clearly talk about pre-hepatic, intrahepatic and post-hepatic. And that was sort of vaguely done, but you should, it's, a, it's like passing your driving test. You need to show that you're looking at those mirrors. You need to be really clear that you're, uh, that is what you're thinking about and that's where you're going from. Uh, and then you can go through the structure of a normal uh, history taking, which is after you've done that stuff, past medical history, drug history, very important for jaundice in young people, social history, and it talks clearly about risk factors for uh, for viral hepatitis and uh, alcohol use, which is important. Uh, <clears throat> and if you do that in a structured manner, it will look very slick and will come across that you really know your stuff. Uh, similarly, uh, there was a point where you mentioned about unlikely that this patient is decompensated. Uh, it's not particularly unlikely. They could be unlucky and they could have presented and whilst that's lower down on the differential, if you throw that in there and say you'd ask about symptoms or signs as suggestive of, of decompensation, you've already ticked off that box in the examiner's mind. So you talk about things like the jaundice is certainly a sign of decompensation, but ascites, abdominal uh, distension, swelling, leg swelling, bleeding, encephalopathy, um, all of these things are important. And you can quickly ask them and show to the examiner that you're aware of what direction this might be going in and doing it and then it's a similar in investigations so the way to structure a non-invasive liver screen and they have every right to ask you what is in a non-invasive liver screen uh, is to do it through a structured manner and so you talk about the metabolic things so that's alcohol non-alcoholic fatty liver disease then the rarer metabolic things like wilson's hemochromatosis which was picked up a bit later and alpha-1 antitrypsin disease then you talk about the viral pictures so a b c e CMV, EBV in the right clinical context. And then you talk about the autoimmune conditions. So the autoantibody panel, the immunoglobulin panel uh, to look at things like PSC or PVC or autoimmune hepatitis. So as long as you state that and it's very easy to do in a structured manner, you will be getting ticking marks off there. Um, and then when you get to a bit more niche stuff, it's, you know, it, the, the, if you're getting those questions in the station, it's clear that you're actually, you've done well. And um, so don't feel bad if you don't know the, the correct answer to the last scenario. And, but other than that, then, you know, there was a lot of good stuff there. It just, the focus when you're giving an interview is to make it seem slick uh, and like you know it like the back of your hand. Perfect. That's very useful, thanks. And can I just one question? The ferritin here was quite high. Is that, um, is that presumably, I was thinking of hemochromatosis. Is, uh, yeah, so it's a very reasonable thing to think of, particularly in a young person. Um, ferritin can be raised, it's non-specific, can be raised in a lot of inflammation. Uh, and it's not stonkingly high that you think about that. But an, a good thing to do in that scenario would be to do iron, iron binding studies to look for transfer saturations. And if that was elevated as well, then you'd be thinking about doing genetic analysis. But certainly you said the right thing in mentioning hemochromatosis as a possibility. Okay. Thanks so much.